Destination Medicine is a joint project of the regional training hubs. This podcast series brings you medical students' accounts of their experiences in applying to study medicine. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Bree Gardel knew from an early age that medicine was going to be her career of choice. Despite the fact that there was little in her background to help show her the way, her parents overcame their initial reservations to support her all the way. Friends, school and several wise mentors also helped, but her own determination and diligent planning in the years leading up to her successful acceptance into medical school also made a big difference. Bree's mature approach to multiple applications and keeping her career options open also helped reduce the stress in the lead-up to her eventual placement. Now Bree's into her fifth year at the University of New South Wales Rural Clinical School in Wagga Wagga and loving it. But she takes Heather Dawson back to the start when she realised that she wanted to be a doctor. I can't probably put down a distinct moment I decided to be a doctor But I think I wanted to work in health from a very young age and probably I made the decision definitively to look into studying medicine during high school. But I was definitely interested in playing doctor as a little kid, always wanted to be helping people, which I think develops and gets a little bit more complex, your understanding of health as you get a bit older, but probably from quite a young age, yes. Did you ever consider other health professions apart from medicine, being a doctor? Yes, when I was looking into it in high school, I in particular looked into doing some research. I actually did my year 10 work experience at a breast cancer research facility. So I looked down the path of doing like lab work and kind of worked out that that probably wasn't for me personally. And also looked into a few other careers like physio, dentistry, the more allied health professions as well, but decided medicine was the one for me. Did you tell people, school teachers, friends, you know, of your goal to become a doctor? Yes, I definitely did. I was very lucky to go to quite a supportive school and have lots of friends who were also interested, not necessarily in medicine, but going into health professions in general. So it was something which we discussed a lot at school. And obviously, I told my parents and lots of my family members who were all super supportive. So I was very lucky with that respect. So what was their reaction when you told your family, for example? I think my mum and dad probably needed a little bit more persuading regarding trying to get into medicine. For them, both my parents were agronomists and we come from a farming family. So I was probably the first child who wanted to do something a little bit different. And for them, it was probably quite daunting trying to get their eldest child into medicine, I think. But they were very supportive in the end. They made sure that I knew realistically, that it would be a long road, very tough, with long hours and lots of sacrifices that I'd have to make. But after they worked out that I was pretty sure on it, they were very supportive from that. Did you have a mentor or someone who gave you some guidance regarding your career before you were accepted into medicine? So yes, I had a good friend in high school whose older sister actually went and did medicine and she was two years above me. So I was lucky to kind of see her journey through it a little bit, as well as having lots of kids who also thought about health and career counsellors and school teachers who were all quite enthusiastic to help us getting into medicine. Because my family's not from a medical background, I didn't have 
anyone who was kind of in the job at the time outside of those people within my school who I knew. So I think that was a little bit of a challenge. But at the same time, I was able to ask questions of a lot of people who had gotten into medicine and my school teachers had kind of connected me with them, as well as just talking to a lot of universities run the open days and things where you can go and meet students and ask them about what it's like to be studying medicine. So whilst I didn't have one distinct mentor, I had lots of little bits which I was able to put together and kind of get a good idea from. Were there certain activities that you did that uh, motivated you to get into medicine? I don't think that I did any activities which motivated me to get into medicine per se, but probably what I did was I did a lot of activities related to like volunteering for things which I were already passionate about. Like we had an interact club at school, which is similar to Rotary Youth. And basically we did a lot of preparing of birthing kits to send to Papua New Guinea and all those type of volunteering things, which made me see that health is more than just working within the hospital. There's lots of aspects to it in terms of a career and in terms of the support which it needs to happen as a profession. So those type of activities were probably more what inspired me to go into medicine than specifically looking at any one job. It was seeing the breadth of medicine and how you can study to be a doctor for however long at university, but really after that you can take medicine to be whatever you want it to be and create your own path. So Brie, when you decided to apply for medicine, what were the first steps that you took and did you map out a plan, for example? So I started to work it out quite early on in high school because I wanted to go down the undergraduate route. I needed to make sure that I'd gotten all my prerequisites aligned. So I probably started to look at the prerequisites in about late year 10 when I was making decisions about what studies I should be doing in year 11 and 12 to fulfill the prerequisites. And from then in year 11 and year 12 is when I actually looked at the application process for getting into medicine. So it took quite a bit of organisation, didn't it? It did take a little bit of organisation. I think probably for me personally, it took more organisation than most because number one, I was away at boarding school. So my parents weren't always around to help me with the applications and discuss those things. So I was kind of limited to being able to work on it in holidays with them. And I also think when you come from like a rural background, whether it's living on a farm or living in a small town like I did and not having that medical background, I think my parents also found it quite a daunting task to think about trying to get into medicine. So although they were super supportive, we actually had to print out and look into each of the universities individually to see what was needed, not only for their prerequisites when you're making subject choices, but also does this university need a UMAT mark? Does it also need a written application? When's that written application due by? When will the interviews be? And kind of planning all of those things out because when you only have a couple of weeks in school holidays to do those with your parents, you want to be on top of it and make sure you're not missing anything. Wow. Well, all the planning to get into medicine, but what would have happened if you hadn't got into medicine, Brie? Did you have a plan B? I definitely had a lot of plan Bs. I probably had a plan B through to Z. (laughs) Although I was very keen on getting into medicine from a young age, there were also other careers which I was interested in. So I had backup plans. I would definitely recommend for rural students who are interested in potentially other things, applying for early entry into some of the universities, such as UNE, Newcastle, 
UQ, I think, even has programs about getting into a variety of degrees early. And I found that really useful because even though it was very daunting and scary when I came up to doing my interviews for medicine, in the back of my mind, I knew I'd already been accepted into university for science degrees and legal studies and law, as well as a bunch of other uh, type of degrees through those early entry programs. So I knew I was going somewhere anyways. And I found that was a nice way to be super nervous, but also have your butterflies a little bit, I guess, suppressed by the fact that you have a backup plan in place and you know that it's going ahead no matter what. So what are the biggest tips you can give to the people listening to us now, Brie, about the application or selection processes? So the biggest tips is probably run your own race. So I like to talk about how I had a very probably organised approach to getting into medicine in terms of we printed out all the documents from each of the universities and because I'm from a rural area, I wanted to apply everywhere because I had to move away from my hometown anyways to study any type of university. So I was very open to going to any of the universities in Australia. And so we printed out all of their applications process just the information which you can get online on the websites and put them in a folder, organise them via uni, and then just wrote down some key dates on a little bit of a calendar so we understood where we needed to go. But I have friends who absolutely did not do that. They had a much more relaxed and casual approach to the application process. And that was because it suited their personality and their family a lot more. They were living with their families and they were relatively comfortable with the application process because they had family members who had done it before. So I think it's horses for courses in terms of do what works best for you and don't think that you have to fit a certain mould in terms of your application process getting yourself organised to be applying to med school. It's really what works best for you. And the same can be said of the interviews. How many universities did you actually apply for? I think I applied to almost all the undergraduate unis in Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. So it was probably about seven or so unis, I think, as well as a few postgrads, yeah. (laughs) Now, did you enter medicine through a specific entry pathway, for example, rural or Indigenous? Yes. So I'm from a small town on the border of Queensland, New South Wales called Gundawindi. And it's a little rural town. So I had lived there my entire life and went through the rural entry scheme. I think it's really beneficial for people who are from rural areas or Indigenous backgrounds or other special circumstances to look into those type of entry pathways. I think they're beneficial not only in that it can help you in terms of marks and scoring and interview processes getting into medicine, but also talking to other students who had come from similar backgrounds to mine from rural areas who had gone away to university and knowing like, okay, it's probably going to be a little bit difficult when you move from a town of 5,000 people to Sydney, like city of 4 million. And you should probably look into colleges in these areas because they take a lot of rural kids. So you'll be welcomed in and it'll be a home away from home and learning, particularly if you're doing undergraduate medicine as well as postgrad, 
is where the rural clinical schools are going to be and whether or not they're close to your hometown or they have fantastic programs and extra sports and things which you can play outside of medicine. I think all of that is really useful and through those rural entry or Indigenous schemes, you can get access to those people who are going to tell you the real life things which don't come written out on a website. (laughs) Well, as you're in a direct entry or undergraduate program, you'd have to sit the university clinical aptitude test, wouldn't you? So what's involved with that exam and how did you get ready for it? Yes. So the UCAT was previously called the UMAT, the Undergraduate Medical Admissions Test. And so I sat the old version, which was the UMAT. My experience of UMAT is vastly different to what current undergraduate or prospective undergraduate medical students are doing with the UCAT because I believe the UCAT's online now and the actual test has changed a little bit. My biggest recommendation to them as a general principle would be that you should not only focus on making sure you understand the different elements of the test and get your application for the test in on time, etc., but also understanding and getting comfortable with yourself mentally. So being able to overcome challenges in the test itself and go, okay, I might not understand this question, but I'm going to move forward and put my best foot forward for the next one and not always worry about little specific incidents, but making sure that you're probably a little bit more robust and mentally prepared for it overall. Now, did you have to sit interviews as part of your application process, Brie? And what can you remember about them if you did? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I sat a lot of interviews and I sat them across three different states. So I would recommend, especially for rural students who are probably located inland and away from major cities and airports, would be to look at the places which you're going to be interviewing at, potentially interviewing at, and making sure that you have access to transport to them. For my family in particular, it was important because I was quite young when I did it, being from Queensland, so I didn't have a license and couldn't drive myself. So making sure that you look at not only where the interviews are, but when they are, so you can coordinate. It's very nice to have like a parent coming along with you just for a little bit of moral support or maybe a close family friend and making sure, mapping out when in the year they are, if they would be free to take two or three days off to help drive you and come with you to, for example, Melbourne, or if you're interviewing at Monash or Sydney, if you're doing UNSW. I would also look into some rural programs are now doing interviews at their rural clinical schools rather than their main undergraduate facility. So I know UNSW can do interviews in Wagga, as well as some of the other rural clinical schools. So look into seeing if those options are available. My other advice specifically for the interview would be, I think in medicine, in particular undergraduate studies, you want to try and fit this mould of the ideal student in your interview. But that ideal student doesn't actually exist. The interviewers are much more concerned about getting to know you as a person and seeing your unique perspectives than they are about having you fit some idealized version of what a medical student should be. So I recommend just highlighting your best aspects that are unique to you. You don't have to make yourself try and fit into any mould. <laughs> well, now, Brie, you're currently um, studying at a rural clinical school campus in Wagga Wagga, but yes. you were previously in Sydney. Has your clinical experience been different to your previous metropolitan placements? So by the way my university is structured, we do our first two years in Sydney 
and then have the opportunity to go rural. It's also structured in the way that your first two years are introduction to the clinical environment rather than focused on the clinical environment. So it probably is an indirect comparison, but definitely I've found in terms of like anecdotal experience talking to my peers who have stayed in the city, going to a rural campus provides you with a lot of opportunities to get involved with the clinical team. The teams are smaller. There's lots of benefits to being able to know your supervisors and your registrars firsthand and get them involved in your learning. Everyone out here is also very keen to teach. So whether it be the little things like getting a history or exam or more the procedural things which you want to start doing later on in your career, rural centres are definitely an opportune environment and really useful to be able to develop those skills. It's also nice to be supported in terms of all the doctors are very lovely and because your cohort's a lot smaller, you get very close with a good group of friends and you can play sports outside of the hospital, get involved in community groups and there's a lot more balance to your life. Okay, well, summing things up a bit, Bree, what would you say your overall experience has been in applying for medicine? And what are your key messages for anybody who's thinking about medicine? What would you like to say to them? I think you should do what works for you. Don't try and fit into this idealised mould of a medical student. Don't try and be a particular type of applicant. Just be yourself and make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and believe in yourself that your unique interests, your background, your experiences as a person, particularly if you're going down the rural pathway, your experiences like being in a rural town growing up and working on a farm all come into play and all inform your decision to study rural medicine and people will see that if you're truly passionate about it. If there was one piece of advice you wished you'd been given before starting on your medical journey, Brie, what would it be? I think it would be to do what works best for you and also to not worry about getting every single thing right. One of my mentors told me it was like a seesaw. So if your high school marks weren't fantastic, but your UCAT scores were great, then that's acceptable And the opposite is true. If your high school marks were fantastic, then your UCAT score doesn't have to be as good. And then the interviews are just a way to show off your abilities, your interests, your passions as a person. And to make sure not only is the university interviewing you, but you need to interview the university as well and work out which university is going to fit best for you, what is going to allow you to go on your journey. Okay, well, final question, Bree. (laughs) What is it about medicine that you could never prepare for? I think a lot of students, in particular in high school, get exposed to what the job is going to look like, either through work experience or just generally our understanding of doctors in the community. But what they can't prepare for is when you're a medical student on your ward round and a patient just needs help dialing their phone number to call their daughter. Just those little things like getting them a cup of tea, helping them call their family members can really make their day and make just as much difference to their lives as their medical treatment because you can have a patient getting the medications which they need but without them feeling good and happy and like they can be healthy in the future, they won't get there in the end. So we need to be supportive of that. And I find that's the greatest thing which we can do as medical students that you have no idea about before you join medicine. Bree Gardel, 
fifth-year medical student at the UNSW Rural Clinical School in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.